0: Have you had a time in your life where there was more month left at the end of your money where you have this great need, but then what comes in doesn't seem like it's enough? Tune in to the next broadcast of Wisdom for Living. We're gonna show you how to bless what doesn't look like enough, and God will multiply it, and it'll be enough and extra for you.
1: Welcome to Wisdom for Living with Greg Moore. Join with Greg as he shares truth from the Word of God that will help you grow in wisdom and successfully navigate a balanced life with family, marriage, finances, and relationships. And now, here's Greg.
0: Welcome to today's broadcast of Wisdom for Living. My name is Greg Moore, Greg Moore Ministries. Uh, such a blessing that you've taken the time to uh, tune into this broadcast. I know that uh, what we've been sharing has been life changing. Uh, we're talking about the enemies of prosperity. And if we'll systematically remove the enemies that uh, the, the devil has uh, assigned to our prosperity, he won't be able to steal from your finances anymore. Uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come. That you might have life and have it more abundantly, and that's what this is about. Uh, this broadcast is about our ministry is about is helping you to walk in the wisdom that God has for you to uh, obtain the things that He's provided for you. Uh, God's not holding out on you; uh, He's got abundance for you. And so, this uh, today's message I know is going to be is going to be helpful and. So thanks for tuning in. I want to tell you a funny, uh, before I get started, this is called Boss Hog. So a guy called up the church secretary and said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. The secretary was highly offended. She said, if you're referring to the pastor, you're you're going to have to uh, refer to him as that and not the head hog at the trough. The guy said, well, I'm thinking about making a $10,000 donation to your church. The secretary said, well, hold on just a minute. Porky just walked in. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, we've we've talked about several enemies uh, of prosperity. you know I, what i've discovered in ministering to people for over 40 years is that many times people are doing the right things that they're taught they're giving uh they're they're walking in a measure of stewardship but there're still these enemies that are in their hearts that have to be driven out we god has called us to have a a right attitude or a right relationship with money and that's where where I see that people miss it so many times, is is they're doing things by obligation or doing the right things that they're taught, but they don't have the right relationship with money in their hearts. And so we want to establish that. We want to run all the enemies uh, out of your heart. And and uh, so this is this is how we're doing it. We're just identifying the enemies. Uh, so then you have you're equipped. With tools than to run them out of your life. So we've already talked about uh, the first enemy of prosperity is just ignorance of the purpose of prosperity. The purpose is for you and I to be blessed, to be a blessing, that we would have enough and extra. And so it's never enough whenever you face lack to uh, to pray for just enough. You know, pray for more than enough. Pray for double, and it gives the enemy a double black eye. If uh, if your one of your children needs tuition, or you need tuition uh, for college, or or Bible school, or, or Christian school, or uh, something like that, why don't you believe God and ask God for uh, someone else's tuition? If you need a car, if you need, if you're behind on a car payment, why don't you ask God to pay for someone else's car payment or house payment? Um, and you know then when God provides it it not only blesses you but then now you've been now you've been an uh, instrument to be a and a channel to be a blessing to someone else and then there's uh you know this this whole uh, thing we taught talk, we talked about just uh the hindrance of a poverty spirit uh, where we have a poverty mentality and then uh last in our last lesson we talked about blindness just not having a revelation of the father's care for us man he's your father you're his own uh, he, he loves you he's, he's not holding out on you if he cares if your father takes care of birds who don't have jobs and don't have savings accounts how much more is he going to take care of you and so the, these are these are real enemies if you get if you get a revelation. Uh, of God's care for you, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to wipe out that enemy of blindness. If you get a revelation that, uh, that listen, God's got more than enough for you, uh, and you'll look at life through the lens of, of uh, abundance and surplus rather than lack, a poverty mentality will be uh, uh, totally wiped out in your life. If you, if you get a revelation of the fact, I know, I know the, purpo- the real purpose of prosperity. And that is for me to be blessed so I can be a blessing. And man, your, your days of lack are over. And so this uh, next enemy that we want to talk about, drive it out of, out of your land, is fear. Uh, a major hindrance to people experiencing prosperity is fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And the greatest fear related that people have related to money is the fear of not having enough. It's again, it's a poverty mentality. A mentality that, uh, you know, that spirit of poverty or poverty mentality fuels and feeds off of this fear. And this fear has no respecter of persons. It it affects rich people and poor financially. It affects educated, uneducated, ten-talent people, one-talent person. And our understanding of our Father's love and care for us will help us overcome this deceiving and devouring enemy because 1 John 4.18 tells us there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And when you understand that you're loved, when you understand you're cared for, uh, Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works by love. And when you understand that you're cared for, when you understand that you're loved, man, your, your sick days and your broke days are over. Uh, I was trying to get this point across when I was teaching in my Church uh, that I pastored in Texas several years ago, and I was uh, actually uh, sharing a message about you know how that you're you're the favored of God, and you know and I actually we we were at two of our grandchild granddaughters uh, dance recitals the the sun, the day before on a Saturday, and there were like there were like two hundred girls, and there were like 50 dance recitals in these in this I don't know how long it took four hours three out three and a half four hours, and so and and their their dances were like number seven and number 48, and so so we had to you know we got we enjoyed the dances and all that but the uh, I actually had my AV people put a picture of Addie and Madeline. Uh, and they were probably six or yeah, probably six or seven years old at the time. And I I, I put those pictures up there on, on the slide while I was uh, teaching, and I was saying, you know, there were two hundred girls in that in that uh, dance recital, but there were two of them that had our favor. There were two of them that we took pictures of, and I showed the pictures. And I said, you know they didn't do their dances perfect they didn't do everything just right but man, uh, they they have a place in our heart and I said you know to share with the people I said, you're God's son or daughter and his, his your picture is on uh, is on his mantle and he's he has he favor over you and and he has favor in your life and and I'd walked over. And Madeline was there with her mom. And I I said, Addie wasn't there, but Madeline was there in the church service. And I walked over and I said, and Madeline's got favor with with, uh, Janice and I. And she leapt up off of the chair, leapt up into my arms while I was preaching. (laughs) It was like, man, the whole sermon was over. It was just like, you know, here was uh here was my granddaughter who didn't understand totally every point of my message, but she saw her picture up there, and she knew that i had uh that she had favor with me, and she leapt up in my arms, listen, God wants to just do that with you right now and remove fear out of your life. He just wants to grip uh take take you uh in his lap and And draw you to himself. Will you let him do that? Like I did with Madeline or Madeline did with me that day. Praise God. Genesis 15, um, verse 1, God's talking to Abraham and he said, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. You're exceedingly great reward what were these things that Abram was tempted to get into fear over well he had just tithed to Melchizedek and he had just left money or reward or bribes on the table that could have been construed as trusting in those kings rather than God for his provision and so this was financially this fear that Abraham, that God said, don't be afraid, Abraham. This fear was was financially induced. And I know that our economy actually, the stock market, is, is really motivated by fear and 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 greed. And and you know, so Abraham had just tithed, he just left money on the table uh, that that could have been construed as a bribe. And then God was saying, Don't fear, Abram. Don't fear loss or lack when you follow me and trust me with your finances. Because it's not what you hold on to that protects you from lack. It's what you give in obedience. It's what you trust God with. God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100 if you're trusting Him. And He was saying, look, I'm your shield you're sealed from what? You're sealed from poverty. I'm your shield from poverty. I'm your shield from lack. And I'm your reward. I, I'm going I'm to reward you exceedingly whenever you trust me and follow me as you have with your money and your, your possessions. And the Lord's speaking to someone right now. You've been faithful. You've followed Him. You've obeyed Him. His favor is over you. Just as I shared about Addie and madeline our two uh young grandchildren uh, our favor uh, god our favor was toward them. they had favor with us. you've got favor with god don't don't fear lack don't fear uh you know loss don't 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 fear don't wave when you give in obedience to god don't don't wave goodbye to that you're that's going into your future and it's going to produce a great reward. He said, look, I'm your shield. It's not what you hold on to that shields you from lack. It's what you trust God with. It's what you give to Him. And the attitude to develop uh, toward money that will counteract fear is simply trust. It's just trust. The real issue with tithing, and I'm not, listen, I'm not going to argue with people about whether or not you should tithe, uh, I, I understand we're not in we're not under the Old Testament curse where we're cursed if we don't tithe, but I found it to be true if I give to God first, if I give him my first and my best, rather than the leftovers, I found out that that really releases my heart in a greater trust to him. again, that he can do more with ninety percent than I can do with a hundred. And the real issue. With tithing and giving, it is not our money. It's our, but it's our trust. And if you're still looking at at giving when God leads you to give, whether it's to a church or a ministry or an individual or give to the poor, if you're looking at that as a loss and waving goodbye to it, uh, you're not yet trusting. It, it, you know, it's possible to tithe and to give consistently, and still not trust. And if you're if you're giving out of obligation. Uh, or out of fear that if you don't give, your finances will be cursed. You're, you're not trusting. God wants, God wants our hearts, not just our money. And our attitude toward money reveals our hearts and who or what we're trusting. God, Jesus said in, in Matthew 6.21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God, God know, only knows He has your heart when He becomes your treasure instead of your money or your bank account or your savings or your you know uh, 401k or whatever you you know whatever you're trusting in what it what look what your treasure is what you trust it's what you depend on to get you by whether it's people money education talent manipulation or god and if your heart is tied to something other than the lord you know you'll find that he's going to require that of you like the rich rich young ruler you know he wasn't trying to take money from the rich young ruler but the rich he was trying to he was trying to get the the uh rich young ruler's heart that was all wrapped around that money he was trying to get the grip off of that money and so he could get his release and put his trust in him you can't you can't trust money and trust God at the same time. And so the Bible says in Psalm 62:10, don't trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Wow. 1 Timothy 6:17 command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches. But in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, uh, man, there there's so many, there's uh, so many stories that we can we can talk about. The story of the widow at Zarephath, who uh, Elijah came and said, you know, uh, God sent him after the brook dried up. He sent him to this widow, and he sent him to a poor widow. Man, if I was God, I'd send him to a rich widow. But anyway. Uh, he said, look, bake me. What do you have left? He said, she said, well, I just have enough to make one cake, for my, enough oil and meal for one cake. And he said, well, you, you bake me a cake first. And so he was attempting to get her trust uh, in, in the Lord that he represented. And then what it did was it provided for them financially all that next season. Uh, very, very powerful. But Psalm 34, 22 says, None of them that trust in Him shall be desolate. And trust, uh, my brother and sister, it's developed through intimacy and knowledge of the Lord and by experiencing His faithfulness. Uh, let me ask you a question. What do you, th- what do you think the answer, correct answer to this is? Did Jesus ever face lack himself? Did he ever face lack? Um, you know, many many people say, well, no, he didn't, God always provided and God always did provide. But I want to submit to you that Jesus did face lack. And I want to show you how Jesus faced lack and how he dealt with it and how uh, you and I can learn how to do that through our trust in God. So in in John chapter 6, we read the story where Jesus was uh, feeding the 5,000. Verse 5, it says, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him and said, Two hundred denarii, worth of bread will not, is not sufficient, it's not enough for them, that every one of them may have a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, well, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? In other words, it's not enough. But then Jesus said, make the d- people sit down, and in another gospel, it says they, he set them down in groups or companies, And now there was much grass in the place. The men sat down in number of 5,000. There were probably, you know, 15,000, 20,000 with women and children. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. And so when they were filled, he said to to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, and nothing is lost. This is so powerful. This is such a great illustration of, of what I'm talking about. Uh, Jesus did face lack this day. They didn't have enough in the natural. They didn't have enough bread. They didn't have enough, uh, enough food, uh, five loaves and two fish, to feed the multitudes. But Jesus, so he recognized the need he involved others, uh, his disciples, in the process, and but he did not allow the need to dictate the final outcome. He he believed in God, and when he asked the people to sit down in companies and groups, and that gave them expectation that something was gonna happen. And now watch, watch, watch. You gotta under you gotta get this. What did Jesus do? With what didn't look like was enough. What did he do? He he said, "Send that little boy away, right? Send that send that he what get him out of here. That that's not enough. Go you know let him feed somebody else. No, he said, bring it here. And with what didn't look like was enough, he lifted it up and he blessed it. And and he gave thanks for it. God multiplied it and it fed the multitudes, but not just that. It didn't just do that. The purpose of prosperity is to have enough and extra. It fed the multitudes, but they gathered 12 baskets full. It was enough and extra. Have you ever had more month left at the end of your money and you needed $2,000, but only 500 came in? Many times what happens is the reason why we're not blessed is because we curse what doesn't look like is enough. That's not what Jesus did. He blessed, and then God multiplied. He blessed it and gave thanks for it. I remember one time we were pastoring, and, and I knew how much money, just like you know how much money it takes to take care of your household. I knew we had to have so much money to meet the needs every week. And if it was enough, it was a good offering. If it was more than enough, I said, that was a really good offering. And one time I said, it wasn't enough. And, and I said, that's not a good offering. And the Lord said, who said that? And I said, well, I guess I did. And he said, there are no bad offerings. He said, what did I do with when what was presented to me didn't look like was enough? He said, you're cursing. What doesn't look like is enough. I blessed it. I gave thanks to it for it. God multiplied it and it became more than enough. Listen, friend. You may be in that situation today. Doesn't look like there's enough. Doesn't look like the, you know, there's there's a more more month left at the end of your money. There's not. But take what you have. Lift it up before God. Bless it. Don't curse it. Don't say it's not enough. Bless it and give thanks for it. God will multiply it and he'll make it enough and extra. I, I, I believe that, I, listen, we've tried this, we've done this. So we brought, I, I told my staff, I called my staff in. I said, God, I said, guys, I'm repenting. I've been cursing this offering. We will never have another bad offering. And so from that moment moment forward, even when, even when the money didn't seem like it was enough, we brought it in. We said, This is a good offering, Lord. We're blessing it. It doesn't look like it's going to meet the needs. We're giving thanks for it. You know what God did? He multiplied it. You know what he's going to do for you? He's going to multiply it in your life too. I just speak a blessing over you. Trust God with your finances. Confess His favor over your life. Bless what doesn't look like enough. Give thanks for it, and God will multiply it in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to Wisdom for Living.
1: Today's teaching, Enemies of Prosperity, is available in a five-part CD or DVD album or on a USB flash drive containing both audio and 4K video. Also, today when you order Enemies of Prosperity in either CD, DVD, or USB, Pastor Greg will give you a free copy of his book, A Prosperous Soul. This powerful book contains biblical truths that will help you discover the key to a life of health and prosperity. Go to gregmore.com and get your free copy of A Prosperous Soul when you order Enemies of Prosperity today.
0: I wanna encourage you today to become a partner with Greg Moore Ministries. Man, if you've been fed, if you've been blessed uh, by these broadcasts, uh, just want to encourage you to go online to gregmore, dot com and partner with us. Man, That's that's a way you can help us to get more of these broadcasts out, to get more books and materials out, to help other people. But it's also how you can invest in yourself because when you sow where God leads you, He's going to multiply that. It's going to uh, not only come back to your life, but it's going to create many thanksgivings by other people who are receiving through your sowing. So I just, I, I would love to connect with you and partner with you. Go just go to gregmore.com and uh, would love to hear from you. God bless you.
1: If you've been blessed by today's teaching, we would like you to consider partnering with Greg Moore Ministries. Your partnership will help expand this broadcast around the world to give people the opportunity to grow in wisdom, Christlikeness, and grace. Go to gregmoore.com and become a partner today. Remember, you can order resources or partner with our ministry at Gregmore.com or by writing to us at P.O. Box 7702, Woodland Park, Colorado, 80863. We look forward to hearing from you today. Join us again tomorrow for more Wisdom for Living.
0: Right now, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say that I want to lead you. He's speaking to you, yeah, you. You're sitting right there in that chair and He's speaking to you. He said, I want to lead you and I want to bless you. I will teach you how to profit. It's okay that you study and get knowledge and and all that, but knowledge by itself is not enough. It It takes the Spirit of God to take the knowledge that you're receiving to make it the wisdom of God that will cause you to profit.
1: That's tomorrow on Wisdom for Living.